Hey everyone, welcome to the Wandering Years podcast, a podcast where we declare the truth that not all who wander are lost. Yeah, so often the young adult years seem like years that are wandering, figuring out who we are. And our hope with this podcast is that you would know that not every moment is a wandering moment and that we'd love to join in this journey together with you. So I'm Andrew. And I'm William. Let's join in this journey together. Glad to have you here with us, and uh, as you have heard in some of our previous episodes, each week we love to take the opportunity to start out with a uh, a quote, a a poem, whatever uh, may have hit us this week. Uh, and so, William, I'm gonna man ask that you start us off with what uh, your word of the week is for today. Absolutely, man. Um, so my word of the week uh, comes. It's the um, what are you, an epigram? Like a quote from the beginning of a book? I think that's called an epigram. You probably, you know better uh, than I it's, do. So it's the epigram of Killing Lions, which is a book by Sam Eldridge and John Eldridge, uh, the guys over at Wild Heart Ministries. And um, I was reading this book today, um, or, well, yesterday, to get ready for this podcast on finances. But I looked again at the epigram at the beginning, and I thought it would just be really good to read. Um, it's by uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky. Uh, Russian author wrote the Brothers Karamazov and lots of other great texts. But this is uh, this is what he said, and this is from the Brothers Karamazov. Add to this that he was partly a young man of our time, that is, honest by nature, demanding the truth, seeking it and believing in it, and in that belief, demanding immediate participation in it with all the strength of his soul. Demanding an immediate deed with an unfailing desire to sacrifice everything for this deed, even life. Although, unfortunately, these young men do not understand that the sacrifice of life is, perhaps, the easiest of all sacrifices in many cases. While to sacrifice, for example, five or six years of their ebulently youthful life to hard, difficult studies, to learning, in order to increase tenfold their strength to serve the very truth and the very deed that they loved and set out to accomplish. Such sacrifice is all, is often almost beyond the strength of many of them. Um, I, I love this passage because it really does, uh, it speaks to these wandering years. Um, our guys, we, like young adults, men and women, have this kind of burning desire to change the world coming into college with hopes and dreams of um, doing so much um, and you can almost throw your whole life into that but then never um, actually take the time to sit down and do the work and like sacrifice those years of like studying and of self-discipline and hardship when you don't actually see the fruit of it but this is what we'll talk about a little bit today is that none of that is like none of that hard work is wasted with God uh, and oftentimes he wants us to become the kind of people who can then bear like the weight of the responsibility for like real change and like holding real authority. Um, but it often we often become those kind of people who can do that in obscurity. Um, and that's a big part of the Christian life too is um, the discipline of um, secrecy of the hidden life. Um, these kind of things that like Corey Tim Boom or Mother Teresa lived out. Um, so I don't know. I really like that. 
Um, and George McDonald, uh, guy who inspired C.S. Lewis, said something similar. He was like, the only thing that you can do uh, with unsmelt roses or unheard music, like that's the calling of your life, is work. <laughs> mm. um, and so those are some themes that will come up in the rest of our um, conversation. But I just that quote really struck me. I love it. Yeah, man. I love it, man. And and I think you're right. I think so often we think about this idea of work and we think about this idea of for working so hard for what we have. And and I think today's conversation is going to get at that because money is something that we and finances is that was one of those very personal and real things uh, that people have a lot of different feelings about. And we're gonna we're gonna address that in a little bit, but uh, my. My quote from today is by uh, Brother Billy Graham, uh, which, man, if you have not read any Billy Graham, uh, incredible pastor and teacher of the word. Uh, and he he talked a lot about he talked a lot about finances and he talked a lot about what it means to honor the Lord with uh, with with what we have, with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service and our witness. Uh, and this this quote is a little I, I'm gonna edit it here in a second because I think I think there's some things we have people to say. can't handle the truth is people can't handle the truth I'm just here to tell you no it's actually more of uh, moving things uh, moving things up a little bit so his quote is this a checkbook is a theological document it will tell you who and what you worship. And I want to edit that to add not just your checkbook, because I don't know how many people are writing checks. Uh, I still write checks every so often, but not as often as I used to. But I would also say your credit card, your debit card, your your Bitcoin, uh, and your Venmo account uh, will show. They are theological documents. They show you what and who you worship. And that's a real, that's a real, that's a real word by Brother uh, Billy Graham. Uh, but I think it's important for us to uh, recognize the importance and and to understand and align the way that we spend our money and our resources and how we worship God, because there is a correlation there, and we'll talk about that more today. Yeah, your treasure is where your heart is. William, here we are, man. We are uh, we're jumping into this conversation on finances, yep. and and before we jump into the to the heat of of what we're talking about today, I recognize, and I want to make sure everybody who's listening to us today uh, recognizes this too that we recognize that this is a real topic. This is a personal topic. Uh, and this is by no means this is by no means anything more than an opportunity to recognize something that uh, the Lord has given us to help us provide uh, provide the necessary things that we need in order to live. Um, and so, we don't want anyone to have any preconceived notions as to what this conversation's about. Uh, we just want to recognize our finances as something that can uh, be a useful resources in honoring God and continuing to live out the life that God has set before us. But we also recognize that finances can be something that can hinder us as well. Uh, and so it's important that we address this. It's important that we understand this. Uh, and William, for us today, I think there's no better way 
to start the conversation, then how should a young adult, how should a college student uh, understand finances? What is a healthy way and an unhealthy way to really view this idea of finances in our lives? Absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I just to yeah preface this conversation, talking about about money can like really make people's kind of blood boil or like get anxious and fearful. And that was me for a long time. Um, I was reading back through this Killing Lions book, and Sam Eldridge had had this line where he was like, "I hate money, but I like to eat." Yeah, amen. <laughs> and that was kind of me. Like when I was in college and growing up, like I I kind of had this vague notion that like I had to at some point like have a job to make money, but it's just like the all the like worldliness of it, uh, just like ate at my soul because I would have. Um, I don't know. I was like deeply steeped in this liberal arts tradition, and I would come. I would come home, and uh, I remember my uncle like asking me like, "What are you gonna do?" Because I was like a, like a sophomore in college or something, and uh, I was like, "Well, I'm I'm studying English right now." English. We've ne- we've never hired an English major. What are you gonna like? How are you gonna How are you gonna make money? And I remember like I just being so like. A flustered yeah. and uh, one, on one hand angry, on another hand like scared. And I remember this. This I I kind of I snapped back because <laughs> I had this one. My rhetoric professor said, uh, uh, "You're you're learning. You're ta- you're you're le- having a liberal arts education, so uh, you, you're not learning how to make a living. You're learning how to live a life." Wow. Um, and that was that was really good and really true i think but still it was really the questions about money were really hard for me 100 percent. um and if that's you too um often those places those conversations that do make your like blood pressure rise and make you like anxious those are often places where god is uh wanting to heal you uh or places where um you can't do it on your own strength but lord the lord will give you grace to have courage in those things and um, part of it is really a big piece. Of, I mean, maybe all of it is approaching it with faith and knowing, like, trusting what the Bible says is true, that, like, God will provide, um, that Jesus looks at the flowers and the birds and he says, like, hey, if God can feed them, if God can clothe the flowers uh, in more splendor than Solomon has, he will do that to you. So don't, like, don't worry about tomorrow. Um, seek the kingdom of heaven first, and all the rest will be given to you. And so, at the beginning, you be, like you can trust God that He is faithful and that His words are true, and you're going to be okay. Um, but getting back to this question of like, okay, so what should a young adult do? Um, money is this thing that basically forces us to rub up against reality. Right, that thing that I said, like, I hate money, but I gotta eat. Like, we have real, like, money reminds us that we have real needs, that we are creatures, that we are not infinite, right? We need to eat. We need a place to lay our head down. We need, um, like, an ability to get around. We need clothes to wear. We need all of those things. And those things come, like, acquire, like, 
having money. And I think the truth that I, that I want to say is like there's nothing inherently evil or wrong with money. There's nothing inherently wrong or evil with having wealth. The Bible, especially Proverbs, talks a lot about wealth and being a gift from God. Um, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it, Proverbs 10, 22, right? The problem is like what the scripture says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Because money really is a gift from God. It's given us, It's given to us, one, to provide for our families. Paul, Paul talks about that in Timothy. Uh, secondly, for the church. Second Corinthians, he says, you've been given much to help those who have little, yep. right? And if it weren't for uh, the money of wealthy Christian people, then a lot of ministry would not be able to be done. Like churches, international missions trips, uh, adoption, it's expensive to adopt. Yes. And oftentimes people who want to can't because they don't have money, and it's people in churches who are generous that allow them to do that. Yes. And so really what I want to say is just to clear the air, to say that money is scary. Yes. It makes us face reality. We have to have hope that God will provide, and ultimately we really need to just guard our hearts. Um, but that's just maybe a, a, a stepping stone. Yeah. I'll, throw it, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah. We can kind of talk about it some more. I love what you had to say about um, about having the opportunity to, yes, we have to provide for ourselves. And I think, I think this is especially real for college students and young adults because you got rent to pay, you got bills to pay, you got a mortgage to pay off, you have all these Oof, things. I'm just now paying off my mortgage and it's like, oh, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> You know, rent, that rent bill comes every single month. That mortgage bill comes every single month. But I think, too, uh, it, you're right. You know, it's it, the root of what money is, is it, it allows us to it allows us to uh, take take on the needs that we have in our life. But also, I really think it's money can be used as a tool to um to, to carry out faith too yeah. uh, because just like what you're talking about the role of the church uh, and I think the ministry that takes place because yes things are expensive life is expensive yes. uh, and but I think too in our own personal life and I, and we're going to get into this in a second I don't want to get into this too much yet but uh, when we tithe and when we when we take part in offerings it's a way to share a all of these resources that God has has given you, uh, giving Him a percentage back to that, uh, allows us to say, "Hey, God, I trust that as you have come through before, you will come through again." Uh, but in the midst in the midst of that, I think that for you and I, we have to be purposeful with money. We have to, we have to be purposeful with money. How should a young adult understand finances? There, that needs to be purposeful. Uh, I think that we have to walk through these things like budgeting, like saving, like what are we spending things on in a way of, as a way of asking God to speak. Yes. It can be a sign of worship and an act of showing yourself saying, God, will you speak? And I recognize these resources that you've given me, but I don't want to move and I don't want to take another step forward without, uh, 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 without inviting you in to lead that conversation uh, because money is a gift and these resources are a gift. Uh, and I think it's interesting too that the Lord is very intentional in calling us to uh, in calling us to 
the hidden life in the way that we practice our finances. This is this is Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Uh, there's a beauty in taking the opportunity to offer your, your resources. But I even want to take it a step further. When you, when you come and take part in the church, the question that is asked is, uh, will you give of your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? Yeah. Uh, this, your, your gifts are, is something that will, that will take, allow us to take part in that in an even greater sense. Uh, and I think that I think that we have to recognize that this is an act of worship. Yes. I don't know. What do you think, William? Yeah. Um, the thing about the thing about money is it forces us to wrestle with what we really believe. Um, when when you start like working or when you start making money and whether how you spend it or I don't know, it just makes you think like, oh my gosh, what do I really believe? with either like tithing or with anything else. Like, do I really believe that God is God? Do I really believe that he's faithful because I'm scared or I've got money and I really want to do this? Like, is this really going to, like, is giving this money away really going to bring me fruit, like the scripture says? You know, and it's it's a it's kind of a, a reality check, but it's such a wonderful thing because it's like, one of the most tangible ways, like you said, that like God meets us. Like the checkbook is a like a holy, like a holy book, like you said, man. Oh, it is, and and I want to go ahead and jump into this because the idea of tithes and offerings is something that stress people out sometimes. Because you may be sitting there listening to this and being like, man, I haven't tithe, I haven't given a tithe to to the church in a while. I haven't, you know, I haven't done an offering. Like I'm working, you know, I'm working sixty, seventy hours a week just to make just to make ends meet. And I want to recognize and say that um, I see you, and and the Lord sees the work that you're putting into it. And just know you are not a bad Christian. If, if in this season it's hard, it's harder for you to give financially. Uh, I think that's important to be said. And know that we're not going to excommunicate you from this podcast if you haven't given your tithe uh, in a little, in a little bit. Uh, but I do think it's important to challenge us to take a step out in faith, to give of your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and witness. Yes, the Bible gives the idea of a 10%, uh, 10% tithe, but I think it's important to, to stretch yourself out in faith. Maybe if last year you gave 2%, maybe this year you give 3%. You know, maybe last month if you gave 2%, maybe this month give 3%. Maybe you take a month or two and give 10% and use that as an act of prayer. Uh, I think that I think that the difference between a tithe and an offering is this, and that, that that's an important thing to understand. A tithe, yes, is, is due to the church. Uh, and it's hard for you and I, William, to get up as pastors and talk about tithes and offerings because that's how we get paid. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we get paid. Uh, but I think 
I think so often, and I want to root back to this idea of your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service and witness. Maybe if you're in a season where you haven't been able to give of yourself, you haven't been able to give financially, what would it be like for you to give of your time, your presence, volunteering on a Sunday morning or maybe in the student ministry at your church? Uh, what would it look like to go and serve at one of your missions and one of the missions partners in your church uh, throughout the city? Uh, if you aren't if you aren't able to give of your time, what does it look like for you to be able to give of your prayers, spending d- designated time to be able to intercede and go to bat uh, on behalf of either your church and your community and the people that are there? We have a tithe, and that's a commitment that we have to the church. An offering is an over and above uh, response that the Lord has convicted you on your heart. Uh, And I think that whether that's giving to a missions organization uh, throughout the city, maybe there's something going on and there's someone in need and someone needs help to make ends meet, uh, that's a conviction. And I think that it's hard to step into that every single moment. There's no handbook as to as to the right time to step up in an offering. Uh, you need to be prayerful and discerning what is the Lord placing on your heart. And if he's not placing that on your heart, there's no guilt that needs to be felt in, in that. Um, but we are called to give. We are called to give, and we are called to be faithful both to the church and if we feel convicted of a need, but I don't want to miss the church in that because so often I think I hear a lot of this, and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing, but we do have a responsibility lo- to the local church yes. specifically yes. Uh, to give. Yeah. Um, I don't know. William, what do you think about yeah. that? Well, what you said there at the end, we, I think we really do have a responsibility. You see that in the New Testament a lot in a lot of Paul's letters. He, he does talk about... Um, the gifts and coming to like collect a gift and it was a it was a way that Paul was able to like go and do his his ministry um, and so it really is a, it's an important thing and it's worth praying about but the thing that I really want to like home in here is just that like God cares first and foremost about your heart um, and about who you are becoming um, and the trajectory of your soul your sanctification. Christ in you, the hope of glory, and um, the way you steward your finances and the way you tithe can be one of the most like spiritually enriching things for you, um, spiritually nourishing, because it takes an incredible amount of faith to um, to to trust God in that kind of way. Because, um, like I said, it brings you up against reality. It makes you, it forces you to ask what you really believe, and. Being in college or being a young professional is such an awesome time to begin to trust God with your finances, uh, because just like the the parable, it's like uh, of the talents. It's like oh, I've trusted you with little, now I will trust you with much. Mm-hmm. Like if we can be people of uh, generosity, yeah. of joy, and people who are gr- who are grateful for what the Lord has provided to us, because everything that we have is a gift from God. Amen. Um, our ability to make money, our health. Uh, our our diligence and our jobs, um, all of that is from the Lord. Yeah. And so, when we give back, when we give to the church, we're really just giving back to God what He's provided for us. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's worth doing now. 
um, when we're just starting to work because that's kind of forming us to be the kind of people who when we're making more or have more responsibility we can really we can give we can give more then and it's really uh man it's it's really important and um because the problem is that if you start making all that money as an adult and you're still a child at heart then like that's when dangerous things happen like children with money do awful things um but people of the lord with money can really start to accomplish like the lord's will um on on earth um so yeah that's just that's what i would add man i I think you're right here's the thing we respond out of faithfulness because all of it's the lord's anyway he's blessed uh, he's blessed us with with just the opportunity to be able to provide for ourselves to have a place to live to be able to have you know if you're a college student having the opportunity to go and to study and to learn and to grow in that if you are a young professional he's given you this role uh even even if there may be days where you don't fully believe that he has given you this role and the opportunity to provide for you to provide to have food to eat to have clothes to wear to have a bed to sleep in and so, man, in this season, even if it's ten dollars, yeah, right. As an act of worship, I mean, look at what what does Scripture say? Uh, if you look at uh, the lady who came up who came up in the church and just gave her last three coins, he gave her last few coins. I don't, I'm blanking on if it was three coins or not, I think but it was, it was two. two coins. Yeah, two coins. And it was out of the, and it was it was out of trust. It was out of belief that as God has provided before, He's doing it again, and it's an act of worship for her. And as people who were more wealthy came and gave a, a lot more money, but it was out of what was left. It's not out of it was out of their riches. It was out of their abundance. It was not out of uh, prayer. It was not out of it was not out of. Um, just desire and belief that God was going to come through. And what Jesus looked, Jesus looks at both of those and says, no, 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 this, this lady here in the heart that she has given and the way that she has given has given out of the inner parts of her heart in a form of worship, believing in what God has done and what he will do compared to these men who, even though they may have given more uh, financially, they may have given more numerically, their heart was not there. And, th- and that is backed up all throughout Scripture. You've got, you've got an entire book, the book of Ephesians, uh, that is written to a church who have knocked down, who, have, who, have, uh, or who are killing it in terms of the actions of the church. They're doing church well, but their heart behind worshiping God was gone. And he speaks right out to the heart of it, that if your heart is not there, you're missing the point. Yeah, man, and I, yeah, the, I want to piggyback off that. Um, this is this is Matthew twenty three when Jesus is uh, has his um, he's kind of berating the Pharisees. He says, "Woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and herbs of all kinds, and neglect justice and love of God. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others." Mm-hmm. See what Jesus says. He says it's good that you tithe those things. You don't need to neglect those. It's important for your spiritual life. But the problem has to do with the heart. Yes. 
He says you ought to have practiced justice and the love of God. The way you steward finances should be angled towards those ends. Justice and charity. Charity in the old sense of love. Not just charity from like, this is my giving. No, charity means love. Um, And so if you're giving like the Pharisees are just to fulfill an obligation or to look good or to have social standing like your heart is probably in the wrong place but get like doing those things and giving with a heart of faith and trust justice and love that's what the lord desires um also i wanted to to kind of hear your your thoughts on this because like a lot of times when uh you know, we're raised in the church and young adults. We kind of see uh, Jesus as he's poor. He didn't own anything. Um, and the disciples were poor. They didn't, like, I mean, Jesus told them, like, don't, like, don't go the gold and silver when I'm, like, sending you out, whatever. Uh, and we kind of think, oh, my gosh, is Jesus saying that it's more holy to be poor? Um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think about what do you think about that? You know, I think that I have a multifaceted answer on that. I think that I think that the Lord is intentional uh, throughout several times throughout Scripture because you think about as He's teaching as He's teaching folks within within Scripture, He looks at the disciples and He's like, "Hey, go get them something to eat," you know. And so He's. I think it goes back to this idea of being purposeful. I think. I think to whom much is given, much is expected. Uh, but I, I think that the Lord calls us, and I think our finances uh, are a way for us to be purposeful in that. Yeah, I, I, I look so often at this idea of saving and questions of like, is saving okay? Is saving right? Is saving, you know, that's a question that I have. And I'm of the personal belief that we want to be purposeful in our money. In our money. I think it's okay to save. I don't th- I think it's wise to pray a prayer for your future, uh, to be able to uh, care for not just what the Lord is doing in you now, but what he's going to do uh, in you. But I think, I think we can't be so focused on our finances and accumulating and things along those lines that when there's a need in front of us and the Lord has placed that on our heart, when he looks at us and says, hey, go get them something to eat, that we need to be intentional in responding to that. Uh, and so to and so to answer your question as the Lord, as you think about this idea of like, is it more holy to be uh, with less than others? I don't, I don't necessarily know if I believe that but i think that we have a responsibility as followers of jesus to listen to the convictions and the calls that jesus has placed on our heart and our love for finances and our love for money cannot overtake our ears of hearing that call and whatever that takes that's what it takes and uh and so i don't know if that answers your question but that's my personal thought on it. What do you think yeah, about that? No, I know I I totally agree. I think it, it's kind of it's kind of this simple. You cannot help the poor if you are the poor. Yeah, <laughs> like like yeah, Jesus like Jesus did not have much with regards to like a world like to worldliness, but he had a good job. He was a carpenter, and he made a living. And he wasn't like 
you know, homeless. But when he started his public ministry, I think that he, what he was doing was he was showing, he was kind of taking it on himself to show the strength and the riches and the power of God. Yeah. As like, no, my, my power and my wealth is not of this world. It's of the, it's of God. Yeah. It's of the kingdom. Yeah. And I think it was a part of his act of like, of, uh, of being, of being God's like son and the Messiah. Uh, and then too, you know, it would it would look bad for PR if Jesus was wealthy and preaching all those things. People could be like, "That's just Joel Olstein, man." Yeah, exactly. Like uh, you wouldn't listen to him if he preached the sermon about the 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 birds of the air and the lilies of the field if he was like rolling in stacks. Amen. <laughs> You'd be like, "Who is this guy? Who are you to like tell me? You got you're loaded." And so I think it was really a way for Jesus to be all th- like all things to all men, like Paul was saying. And I mean, incarnationally, man. He like he left the throne of God yeah. to become a man, and I think his poverty was a symbol of his humility and his love. Um, but for his followers, we like we. I mean, like like I said, you, if you are poor, you cannot help the poor, and our riches are a gift from God. And then we really are like called to steward them well and to use them for the building of the church. And but I wanted to address that question because I think that's something that a lot of people like struggle with. Like, man, if Jesus chose this path of poverty, maybe that's better. Maybe it's wrong for me to like to have money. And I just wanted to clear the air and say, like, no, it's it's okay to have money. The money's not money's itself is not the evil. It's 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 the the greed, the avarice, the the injustice, the orientation of your heart. Those questions are what's most important because God can use wealthy people to do incredible things like for the kingdom. Amen. He's done it before. He'll do it again. And I think it's important to, to say this too. It's like on the other side of that, it's like we can't buy our way into heaven. You know, we can't buy our way into heaven. Who was that guy in Acts? Was it like the, the Simon the, uh, oh, the magician? Um, yes, that? yes. Yeah. And that's where the term simony came yes. from. Yeah, in the early church. It's it's interesting to think through this idea because I think so often it's like, well, let me just give more money if I can't be there. Uh, you know, I think that again, going back to this idea of what we just talked about a little bit earlier, when the Lord places a conviction on our heart, it's our responsibility to to carry that out, to respond to that in faithfulness. And but hear me, if the Lord calls us to something and we are faithful to take part in that he will always make sure we have what we need that's i i believe that when the lord calls us to something he's not going to call us to something he doesn't equip us for and and i think but i think it's important that we don't look at money as a tool to get us into heaven because that is nowhere supported in scripture uh that is not you know i think that and on the other side of that <laughs> no, <laughs> but I think that I think that we have to we have to think about and use this idea of money in a purposeful way. And I think that you know so often it goes back to this idea of like, hey, maybe you haven't had an opportunity to to give financially to the church in a while. Uh, I I think that. I think that you are not necessarily, you're not a bad Christian if you haven't given your money. We're not going to walk in when you walk into the church with a bill of here's all your tithes that you haven't 
carried out that you haven't carried out uh i think though it's important that we recognize uh that as in psalm in the psalms as as the psalms are saying uh lord may the may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you oh god my rock and my redeemer god in the way that i live god in the way that i have finances god in the way that i carry out what you have set before me would it be acceptable to you uh uh, that it's not anything more than that. God cares about us. He doesn't ask us to be uh, to give a lot of money. He doesn't ask us to do all the right things. He asks that we would be faithful people to the call that he has placed on our life. So I'm going to get off my preaching horse now, and I'm going to see if you have any thought on what it means for us, because it is commonly thought, hey, I'll just give more money. I haven't been there in a while. I'll just give more money. That'll be more of what God wants, right? Mm, man um well i will say this like the church is never a house of shame and so if you are that like that christian who's never like considered this like it's not you don't give out of shame uh it's consider it more like an open door for an opportunity for growth like god is calling like calling you deeper into the riches of his love and this is a really like this is an incredible tangible means for you to enter into that with faithfulness like you said mm-hmm. um but man that question of oh i'm i'm i haven't been to church so i'm just going to give like that's one of those things that we're talking about like it all comes from the heart yes um and i i i don't know i mean it is one thing to it's important to give even when you don't like feel like it that's for sure it's important to give even when you can't be present but it should not be a crux for the spirituality, like or your heart or your relationship, because God just God loves you. Like God wants a relationship with you. Like He doesn't He doesn't need like what you can give Him. He needs you, or He wants you. He doesn't want He doesn't want your like your money or any of these things. He wants your heart, because uh, out of your heart comes every like everything else. He cares about you so deeply and. Um, just wants a, a relationship with you, and then like the ability to give money is a way to like grow in that awesome relationship, and that's really I think that's really the most important thing. Um, Lewis has this great line in his uh, autobiography where he says, uh, uh, "The Lord cares nothing of uh, temples built, only temples building." So what he's saying is he doesn't care about what we're like. The thing that we're producing or spending all this money on, what he cares about is the the becoming that's happened in us, um, the temples building because we are like the temples of God, and so the way we use our money is a way to shape us and form us into who God would have us to be, uh, and then with whole heart, then um, you know, then he can use our our gifts for his kingdom. Um, but I will say this: I think uh, this is kind of like um, tan- tangential. Uh, it's not easy. No, it's like it's not easy to tithe. It's not easy to give. Uh, I'm facing this right now. I've never spent more money in my entire life than this year, like uh, buying an engagement ring and like then buying wedding bands and buying a house and like all of my save like life savings like boom, gone. And then now with this wedding coming up in eleven days, <laughs> hey. uh, I'm having I'm like spending so much money and it's like. It's like it's really hard for me, and Courtney will will tell you that like I'm just like like 
pacing. Like, I'm like, I don't know, what are we doing this? Uh, and the question of, oh my gosh, okay, uh, I just got paid. Am I going to tithe? Yeah. And like, that's a question that like hits me hard. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I have to do this as an act of like trust and faithfulness because it's only in those moments when there's a question of like, is this going to make put me in a pinch or is it going to be hard for me? That we actually have to have faith. Because if if we never had those moments, then like we're never really like we're not really acting in faith. We're still like like you know feeling secure. Uh, so it isn't one of those questions where um, you know God is asking me right now. Okay, what do you like? What do you really believe? Do you really believe that uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be here for you and. Um, but yeah, it, it has been hard, and this is uh, this is from a quote from from C.S. Lewis. This is mere Christianity. He says this: "I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. If our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do." Because our charities expenditures excludes them. Wow. Um, and that's kind of like the question that like that I'm running into right now because I'm not like on the brink of poverty. Like Courtney and I are fine, but uh, with all like with all we're spending right now for the wedding, it is going to be like, man, we might have to give some things up, like some of these like uh, like uh, dates that we go on where we go to like nice restaurants. Like maybe we can't do that like as often as we can, or maybe I can't. Maybe we can't take that trip this summer, or th- like things like that, because uh, it's worth like. Ultimately, it's worth giving as an act of faith, uh, self-sacrificially, not putting yourself in poverty, but maybe not being able to do some things that you would have liked to have done otherwise. Yeah. Um, because it's it is wrong, and this is true. It's wrong to give so much that you are destitute or that you hurt your family. I know. Paul says in um, first in First Timothy five eight, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. And so, if you're at a place where like you literally can't give because you are like on the poverty line and can't provide for your family, like there's grace for that. Amen. Like the church, like you go to the church and they like, and you will be part of the family of God and can be poured into and loved. Um, but if it's just a matter of giving up some some things that are extra that you enjoy doing and I think it's still worth worth getting. Amen, man. And you know, as we close today, I think I want to just take a second to just to just to say a word to that person. Yeah. That person who is who's who is in this pool of of trying to figure out finances and there's stress behind it, there's anxiety behind it, maybe maybe giving is an act of saying, hey, I'm either going to choose to give or I'm going to choose this thing, and I have to pick one thing or another. Or maybe they've never given before, and the Lord may be convicting them for the first time. Hey, maybe maybe giving as an act of faith is a response, uh, is a way that we can take part in that. You know, as, as this episode uh, will air, it's like we are going to be right in the midst of Lent and walking through the season of Lent uh, in preparation for Easter. Uh, I can't think of a better time and a better season to practice that act of, self, of, of self-sacrifice and self, um, 
self-response in worship yeah. uh, than this season of Lent. Uh, because as we walk through these days preparing for Easter, we cannot appreciate the joy of the empty tomb without walking the journey of what happened to it. We can't fully appreciate it without walking through the journey uh, that leads to that with all the joys, with all the highs, and with all the lows. So talk talk to that person as we close today. Yeah. I just think it's it's a wonderful opportunity to enter into the adventure of life with God. Uh, if you've never, if you've never given in that in that capacity um, to to the church, or really just being generous um, spontaneously, uh, you're you're missing a facet of the adventure of like of life with God. Um, because when you do be like you do begin to give, like things will move and things will change, and like God promises that He is faithful; He won't leave you and He won't abandon you. So I think like it is scary. But all good adventures are scary. Um, any great adventure story you've ever read is someone standing at the threshold, being like, "Am, am I really going? Am I really going to do this?" I'm like, "I'm scared," and then takes courage to step beyond the line and be like, "Okay, I'm opening myself up to whatever comes before me." And I think that's what we should do here in these moments. And so, um, yeah, during Lent, I would encourage you all to um, give in whatever capacity that is for you. If you're not making money, if you're a student, like give with your time. Maybe volunteer at the youth group that you've been thinking about, or at young at young life, or wherever. Or uh, yeah, if you're a young adult and you're making money, like start small. Like it doesn't have to be like ten like ten percent from the get go. It can be whatever like whatever the Lord is calling you to in the moment. Or right, He cares about more about your heart than about like the balance sheet. <laughs> Um, and then uh, the last line is, is is just this, like, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, and then I have something to read at the end as to, to close, okay. but I'll let, I'll let you. Yeah, man. No, I would echo all that. Uh, I think, but I think it's an important challenge to recognize that having a kingdom mindset about our finances will look very different than what the world calls you to. It's so different. And you got you have to know that on the front end because the world tells you buy this, have this, the nicest, the nicest thing, you know, have the nicest technology, have the biggest house, have the best looking car. And what we're what you're being called to by the Lord is something that the world doesn't fully get and the world doesn't fully understand. And that's okay. And that's okay. It's a complicated thing, this thing called finances. But when we present ourselves, just like we present ourselves to the Lord saying, Lord, I'm, I'm imperfect. I need you. Would you come and move? If we present ourselves and our finances to the Lord in that way, he will hear you. He will be near to you. And he will provide clarity how to move forward. I believe it. He's done it in my life. And I believe that he will do it in yours. So, William. Yeah take us home yeah um so i actually have a poem to read this is something that i that i wrote oh a year and a half ago um and i was really struggling uh with work like with working here because i was on like an hourly i was getting paid by the hour uh, and that was not good for my heart um because i was like oh maybe i'll like do this kind of church work just so I can like fill my hours out and like that was just like the it was just the wrong like the wrong kind of questions to be asking like my motivations were off a lot of the times 
and i was i was trying so hard to like shake that and like be faithful and but my heart like just kept like turning inwards and kind of being corrupted and feeling the same way we probably all we probably all do about these kind of things and i went for a walk one day and i was just praying and asking for the lord's forgiveness and just to like take like this like greed that's just like so central to my heart away and i sat by the river and i wrote this um it's called the temple tax and it's based off of that um part in scripture where jesus and the disciples are outside the the city and um and they have to pay the the price of entry and they don't have any money and jesus goes hey uh look over at the fish over there there'll be two coins in its mouth and the disciples do and lo and behold there were the there were the two coins and they were able to get in so this is this is the poem temple tax i have the taste of money in my mouth the metallic tang covers my tongue as my throat unslackens and unloosens, prayers, praises, verses, songs, with one hand raised to the altar and the other in my pocket. You who drew the fish from the water and withdrew the coins of copper from its consuming, biting teeth to pay the price of entry, Kill this mammon greed, and instead, Lord, enter me. Um, that that poem was really a, a prayer for like me, kind of to like I don't know uh, a, a rallying cry, cry that like God, I trust you, and I need you to enter me, and I need you to be my God, mm-hmm. and change my heart from the inside out. Because like finances cut to the heart, mm-hmm. questions of money cuts to the heart, and the thing that we really need to do is to do it pray for prayerfully and on our knees, and God is faithful. Thanks for listening to the Wandering Years podcast today. Uh, we had a, a great conversation about finances and faith, and really uh, it all coming down to uh, the heart. Um, but we really do pray and hope that th- that finances would be not a place of fear for you, but a place where you can trust God and move forward with courage. Um, and the Lord loves you and wants a relationship with you above all else. Um, so thanks for listening, and we'd love it if you gave us a five-star review. Um, and then also, if you have any questions, um, feel free to email either of us at William M. at ChristChurchMemphis.org or Andrew G. at ChristChurchMemphis.org. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks. Thanks.